Right now, we bring in about 1.5 trillion. We need to double that to 3 trillion. The only way we're going to do that is by starting to fund our own companies, betting on ourselves, employing our own people, helping our young people get jobs, get their first internships. You know, I'm very fortunate. I had privileges. I know not everybody does. But who's who's going to hire these young people? You know, um, artificial intelligence is going to cause about 4.5 million Black people to lose their jobs in the next, they were saying 2030, and that was pre-COVID. All of this stuff has been accelerated. This is Birth of a Brand. A Tweet Talk podcast exclusive episode. We're featuring the stories of the brands, entrepreneurs, businesses, and movers and shakers of our generation. That's right. These are the stories behind the renaissance and black wealth. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Raphael Husbands. Turn this up. I am Raphael Husbands of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, and this is Birth of a Brand series number six. And tonight, we are speaking with Cherie Warwick of the black 10k project and on this series uh birth of a brand we speak to black business owners and ask them how they got started in their business because too many black folks are intimidated with starting businesses and think they need a million dollars to get started and they, they, they don't have what it takes and we try to take that intimidation away with by talking to people who have done it today's a little different but Cherie, introduce yourself to the crew and tell us about the 10K Project. Hey, everybody. My name is Cherie of the 10K Project. We are the largest community of Black investors who actively fund Black-owned businesses. The minimum investment in a Black-owned business is $100, so it's affordable for everyone. And our concept is if 10,000 of us came together and we each, for example, just put in $100 into investing in a business, that's a million dollars. We can begin to fund our own businesses instead of waiting for the banks and Wall Street to recognize us and fund our businesses. It also means we can profit from our own innovation, we can create jobs that are needed in the community, and we can work together to build Black wealth. So. Uh, somebody said to me a few weeks ago, it's like Black Shark Tank meets Poweronomics. So <laughs> if you're down with something like that, then you're in the right place. Right. I think that's a pretty good description, too. Black Shark Tank meets Poweronomics. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. So welcome, Gabby, to the chat. Um, so tell us, when did the Black 10K project start? And then tell us, when did you first get the idea for it? Okay. So we officially started in June or July of 2021. Um, before then, we had seeds of it. Uh, 2021 sorry. or 2020? Oh, sorry, 2020. Sorry, 2020. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry. Um, but the true genesis of it began three years before then. So I was a part of a group of people, Black people who were studying the blockchain industry. And even before then, I have been a business plan writer uh, for 10 years, helping people to write business plans and get capital. So um, my Black clients were having trouble raising the capital that they needed. And not only my Black clients, but just Black people in general. Oh, it's so difficult for us to raise capital. 
even though sometimes we'll go into these meetings and we have better products, we've got revenues, you know, our teams are great, we're still being overlooked for funding. And this is for various reasons. And I just started saying to people, hey, you know, if 10,000 of us got together and we each put in a hundred dollars, that's a million dollars, we could fund our own businesses. Cause I got kind of tired of people complaining about it, but I, right. you know, I, Raph, I didn't want to do this idea. Like I am talking to people about it so that somebody else would pick up knows? like, please somebody, like <laughs> this is a billion dollar thing. If somebody would please pick this ball up and run with it. Um, but you know, nobody did. Uh, and one time I said it in a closed meeting, there was about, there were five of us in this closed Zoom session meeting. And my co-founder looks at me, uh, and says, you've been talking about that for three years. When are you going to mm -hmm. do something about it? And that was like how the 10K project was born because I said, I can't do this by myself. Like, you know, this requires a team. It requires a group of people. So um, those uh, other four individuals on the call became the original founding members of the 10K project. And thank wow. you, RJ Loving Life 92. Thank you so much for saying you love the 10K project. And they say they love the 10K project. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you go on the call. Mm -hmm. You're talking about it. They challenge you. Like, you're not mm -hmm. talking already. When are you going to do it? What's mm -hmm. up, Maya? Maya in the chat, 24-7 watches. Here's my watch. Anyway, I'm sorry. So <laughs> you're talking. They said put up or shut up. Do something or stop talking to us about it for another year. Like, it's mm -hmm. been three years already. So what was the first thing you did? Did you, did you decide right there on that call, like, you guys going to help me with this? Or what was your first mm -hmm. step? Yeah. So basically I said, you know, I can't do this by myself. And the other people on the call said, well, if you start this, we're in. And okay. you know, that, that was, that was it. So, you know, one of the biggest things is once the decision is made, then everything else kind of falls in place a lot more easily. So, um, we, we kind of got together and said, okay, well, what do we want this to really look like? And, how do we want to set it up and, you know, do at the time, you know, we were even talking about, do we want the minimum investment to be more or less and you know, the legalities of it and all of those things. So, um, so we kind of talked amongst each other for a good four months before we released it into the public. And the way that we released it into the public was actually in March, 2020. It was pre-George Floyd, okay, that we had started talking about this. And uh, we, we, like, released it into the public. It was, I remember, December of 2019 when I got called to the carpet. And it was March of 2020 when we actually released it into the community. And what we did was all of us invited, you know, family, close friends, people who we thought would be receptive. And we said, hey, we have this idea. You know, can we get you to just come to a focus group and talk with us about, you know, what you would want to see and and things like that. And um, our community was receptive, you know. Uh, so we we had six different focus groups. Three of them were for potential investors and three of them were for entrepreneurs that uh, would want to raise money. And we wanted to hear people's stories and, you know, just the pluses and the minuses, what they thought, et cetera. But overwhelmingly, everyone was like, yes, even people who didn't attend focus groups 
we're like, yes, we're in, you know, how do we do this? We want to do this. And then of course, George Floyd happened and people really over the summertime, of course, galvanized around this idea of let's really get more serious about black economics. And um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You start, you start moving and it's funny when you start moving, other things start moving for you. Other people start trying to help. Like when yeah. you're just talking about it, people get tired of it. Like enough talking. Nobody raises a finger when you're just talking. But mm-hmm. then when you start moving, people actually come to help you. Like you didn't want to do anything before, but now you're coming to help. But that's cool. Yeah, now, but I took that help. And look, as, as somebody mm-hmm. who has a lot going on, I understand like I cannot take anything else on my plate. So I, I, I never really like... Um, thought less of anybody who wasn't able to participate in any kind of leadership role or, or do it or anything like that. And ultimately at the end of the day, you know, sometimes God puts things on your heart and you keep saying, and he's like, no, 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 I meant for you. The reason why you heard the call. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, but, right, but so- it's true that once the train, so this is for anybody with regards mm-hmm. to birthing a brand, once the train starts moving, other people will jump on that in every business. I have seen that. Yeah. Right. So you get started, like you're doing the focus groups. Uh-huh. When did you decide, uh, let's actually take action and start putting together the website, start doing um, like webinars or what have you? During the focus group time, it took us about a month to do all the focus groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people were like, hey, we want to network with each other. So we opened up a Facebook group and people were joining and people were referring other people. And, hey, this is going to be starting. And, um, you know, we were talking to attorneys because we thought we wanted to have a, a portal is, is the, the legal term for it, where these black entrepreneurs would be able to come and actually put their crowdfunding campaigns on. Um, but then, you know, that we pivoted uh, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, the pivoting right. of a brand. Um, but you know, we kind of did a lot of things concurrently. Um, we, we had the focus groups, we had the Facebook group starting at the same time. We hired somebody to help us with the website. She also helped us like really think about uh, our email list and building that and growing that and, uh, other things we wanted to have within the business in order to educate our community. Cause this is, you know, um, the process of doing crowdfunding, which is what we do, is new uh, with, with regards to equity crowdfunding. So how do we educate people? How do we engage them? How do we present these businesses? And then from the business's point of view, how do you get them to understand that this is not GoFundMe? This is, you know, equity crowdfunding. It needs right. to go through the SEC, you know, what the processes are, et cetera. So um, all of that was happening between March and August, mm-hmm. you know, of 2020. And we started accepting memberships May 22nd of 2020. So, yeah. so yeah. That's cool. So explain to people who may not know what equity crowdfunding is. Sure. Equity crowdfunding is, um, well, I'm going to break it apart for you. 
crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. Crowdfunding is a group of people getting together, putting in small amounts of money in order to meet some purpose. So I'm going to throw out a couple of names here for crowdfunding, but Umar Johnson and the school. That's a, like them or not, that's an example of crowdfunding, right? Um, Jay Morrison and, you know, the Tulsa Real Estate Fund, that's crowdfunding. Uh, GoFundMe is crowdfunding. But, you know, crowdfunding is not new to the black community. The civil rights movement, Dr. King was funded through crowdfunding. He would go into the churches and they would, uh, build, you know, uh, have a love offerings for him. And that's how the civil rights movement was funded. So um, that's crowdfunding is a group of people coming together with small dollars. Equity crowdfunding is um, instead of us just donating the money, we get shares or partial ownership in that business. So that's how we can profit from our own innovation and build black wealth. Because let's say, Raph, that you decide to raise money through equity crowdfunding. You come to the community and 10,000 of us put in $100 each. You take that million dollars and turn it into a $100 million company. Now, we as the shareholders in that company, we profit along with you. So this was enabled uh, for us to do based on the Jobs Act of 2012, which was signed by President Obama. Before 2012, it was illegal, Raph, for you to raise money in this way. You had to go to rich people called accredited investors in order to raise money this way. Now, the government has allowed it for all of us to be able to participate in equity crowdfunding and to fund businesses through this method. And you as an entrepreneur can raise money through this method as well. Right, right, right. So that was a game changer for black folks. Well, for anybody, mm -hmm. but it was a, yeah. definitely a game changer for black folks if they yeah. paid attention. Mm -hmm. And so like, Particularly for us, you know, because right. so many of us don't have a rich uncle. Um, I, you know, have helped a lot of companies raise money anywhere from $10,000 to $20 million. And one of the things that um, I'll never forget that was really kind of impressed on me was a gentleman that I um, worked with. He uh, is from the Philippines and mm -hmm. I wrote the business plan for him. He got a group of people together for a dinner, raised $600,000 in one night from a table of people. Um, and thank me for the business plan. Thumbs up, right? <laughs> so, so, so I'm seeing this and I'm like, but why can't we do that? Oh, we can't do that because you don't know, you know, 12 doctors and lawyers that could give you $50,000 each. He did. Right. But right. you do know people who could give you $50, $100, even $500 each. So that's where this comes from. And that's the power of this, you know? Yeah. So but what do people not understand about the equity crowdfunding space? Um, so I think that a lot of people haven't been exposed to it. So I'll, I'll talk about it kind of overall. Um, the first thing is that equity crowdfunding is governed by the Securities and Exchange Commission and FINRA. FINRA stands for the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. So um, this is like overseen by the government. Um, as an investor, 
you are able to, you cannot have somebody come to you and say, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm raising money for my business through equity crowdfunding, send money to my PayPal. It doesn't work that way. What happens is an entrepreneur must go to an SEC approved equity crowdfunding portal for it to be done legally. Mm. That entrepreneur has filed uh, a piece of paper called the Form C with the Securities and Exchange Commission and gotten a check mark from the SEC to raise money this way. So although they don't do like all the due diligence for you, due diligence is just a fancy term for research. There is a level of uh, protection that we get that we don't get through other types of fundraising. So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing that I think that people don't understand is how they make money, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because we do have, I would say about half the people that come to us just want to support black businesses. And the other half are looking to make money. How do you do that? So I'm going to give a great example. Um, One of my favorite examples of Snoop Dogg. So Snoop Dogg in 2014 participated in a company called Robinhood. Robinhood is a financial app, if you're not familiar with it. In 2014, he, Nas, and a couple of other people uh, invested money into this business. They invested it 19.54 cents. In the summertime, Robinhood did an initial public offering, which means that they went on the stock market. And that day, they had a stock price of $34.82. So they bought it 19.54 cents. And at the end of their IPO day, the stock price was worth $34.82. That means if Snoop put in $19,000, then he got out $3.4 million, okay? So that is how money is made. It, it's made when you have a successful company and they either do an IPO or the company is acquired, or they make enough money to do dividends or distributions to shareholders. Um, A lot of people don't also think that this is an asset class as well. So are are you familiar with family offices? I'm sure you are because of Charles Oglesby, right? I've talked about it plenty of times on the podcast. Um, I've talked about it a few times. So I think this community is familiar with uh, family offices. The family offices are rich families and rich is like $5 million or more in assets. And these family offices help uh, families to preserve their wealth and to grow it. Did you know that family offices put 22% of their investments into the type of investing that we're doing? 22%. So when we start talking about how the rich get richer, that's how. The third thing that people don't know about equity crowdfunding is that it is important to have something called deal flow. And deal flow is finding out about the opportunities that are out there. Now, there are over 70 SEC-approved equity crowdfunding portals. So... Tawana, who is my co-founder, goes through all of those portals every single week to find the newest um, and best opportunities 
potential investment opportunities out there for our members. If you were to do that for by yourself and for yourself, you would be spending hours every week. And then once she goes through all of that research, she talks to people, she does her own due diligence, she sets up what we call a bet on black pitch, which is, you know, kind of like black shark tank. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what people don't know is that kind of deal flow and that kind of research takes a lot of time to do. Um, However, by coming together as a group and doing it, number one, we have infinitely more power because we are able to talk to founders as a group, really dig down into their businesses, get our questions answered, and decide for each one of us if this is the type of of, um, investment we want to be in. But there's power in numbers, and that's, you know, where equity crowdfunding comes in and when, where the 10K project comes in as well. Right. So you kind of touched on it earlier, but tell us about the original iteration of the Black 10K project and, mm-hmm. and what made you pivot. Sure. So originally, we thought that we wanted to um, become SCC approved and have a crowdfunding portal. And again, a portal is a place where the entrepreneurs actually put their campaigns in order to raise money. It's, you know, it's a website, but it's more than that. It's you know, like Amazon. Think about it like that. Okay. So one of the issues that we discovered as we were going through the process, we were close to the end of the process of SEC and FINRA approval. One of the issues we discovered is as an SEC approved crowdfunding portal, you cannot educate investors. Mm. You can't market for investors. You cannot educate investors. None of that. But I, Cherie, want to go to, you know, New Bethlehem AME Church and talk about equity crowdfunding, educate people on it, you know, in order to let them know that this is an asset class that they should consider and why don't you come to the 10K project and participate in some of the bet on black pitches and see what we have. That would have been illegal for me to do that. So when we sat back and we really thought about it, we said, there's no way that this is gonna be successful without black people being educated about it. And if the SEC is gonna tie our hands with regards to us educating people, then we have to pivot. We, we can't be a portal because people won't know what equity crowdfunding is. They won't come, et cetera. Not in the numbers that we want and need, you know, in order for us to be successful. So, uh, so that, you know, that was, and I apologize for the dog, everybody. And, you know, my joke is if you want to go to prison in this country, mess with the IRS, uh, the FBI or the SEC, you know, you will go to like any other agency, you can get away with stuff, but not those three. So we said, no, you know, that's not worth it. Right. So really quick, you said it's really important for our people to be educated. Yes. Like, why, explain why you say that. Why okay, do there's I a couple that? of reasons, but I want to hear, I want to hear your, your, your take on it. Well, I think that our people, um, you know, we have two different thoughts that we come to with regards to investing. Um, The first Mm -hmm. is, I don't have any money. You know, Mm -hmm. investing is for rich people. I don't have any money, right? Mm -hmm. The second is, 
let's be real, we've seen some of the scandals <laughs> that have come from some of these campaigns, you know, um, mm -hmm. and we also have to educate with regards to that as well. Uh, the third is that a lot of people have seen this with regards to um, like GoFundMe, donation crowdfunding, or they've seen it with debt crowdfunding. Again, that is your Jay Morrison that did that, where he's offering, you know, a preferred return, I believe. Um, but a lot of people don't understand equity crowdfunding and how equity crowdfunding works. You know what the best practices are things like that so i you know it people we knew people would not come again in the numbers that we believe we can get if they didn't truly understand what they were doing they didn't uh see how they could build a portfolio you know um it it just really required education and we knew we, we are discovering that our most avid um, people who are coming to the platform are people who want to support black businesses but they just don't know how outside of going in and looking for a black uh, nail tech for example or you know a black person to do their hair etc this is a way for us to have major change in our community and in the economics of our community and i see tim jackson here hey tim is he <laughs> yeah oh there he is tim um, man, you lose my chance of thought. Another problem, another problem uh, with the education piece is that most of the black folks that understand this stuff already, they're already doing it, or they're accredited investors. So mm -hmm. that's true. You know, if you're looking for the little guy to put up their hundred bucks or a thousand or whatever they have, and you know, they might not be so sophisticated because we haven't seen this kind of thing in our community, right? Right. For like hundreds I of years. And but I think also. Our problem is without the education, people, like you said, they might think it's a scam, they might be confused. Mm -hmm. And then I, one problem that Jay Morrison had was all these, a lot of these people didn't understand how investments work. Like, mm -hmm. Well, he also overpromised too. That too, but, he but there were a lot of people who really didn't, you could tell they didn't understand how investments worked. And they were looking for the quick book. Well, that, like you said, that was probably because he did promise to pay them back quick with a mm -hmm. nice eight percent preferred return, all that, but mm -hmm. a lot of them didn't understand how investments really work. But so you realize that you got close to the finish line with the SEC mm -hmm. and FINRA, then you realize mm -hmm. this is not really the route we want to go. Instead of pivot, it was so painful not, too because <laughs> we had some money on that. Yes. <laughs> right. So what was the pivot, and where are we now? So now what we have done is we. Um, have decided to be a membership organization and mm -hmm. we are outside of any SEC control. So we're an independent member organization where investors can participate in our bet on black pitches. Again, that's like black shark tank. Uh, we call it a bet on black pitch. Um, they can also participate in something we call our expert directory, which I'll explain in a second, but you can, if you have a business, you can add yourself to that expert directory. Um, and we have a course coming out for entrepreneurs that want to raise capital. So we walk them through the process of, okay. you know, idea to how to, you know, complete a successful crowdfunding campaign. 
that should be out uh, for the holidays. And, um, and you couldn't do that if you were a portal. We could not do these things if we were a portal. Absolutely. And I will give everyone a hint that we already have one black owned portal, but there may be another one coming. Possibly. Okay. You're talking about the original one is by, by the black. Or being by the block. By the block was the original one. Yeah. Okay. They're the only one. They're the only black-owned crowdfunding portal. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So keep going. Yeah. So you got a course coming out. That's interesting. We have a course coming out, um, and you know the big thing is that there are three groups of people that we ultimately want to bring together, and this is where the poweronomics comes in. We want, of course, the investors that have $100 to put into or more to put into a business. You have the entrepreneurs that are raising money. And then what we were concerned about is, okay, let's say we raise a million dollars for this company. Well, we didn't. Most of the time, people raise money in order to hire people or get supplies or things like that. What we didn't want to see happen was we raise this money for this entrepreneur and they spend it outside of the community. You know, Mm -hmm. if possible, if they have a job, is it possible for you to hire a black person? Now, obviously, they can't hire all black people. But, you know, one of the reasons why we have the jobless numbers that we have is because not enough of us have um, companies with employees. That's a huge problem in our community. Uh, if you are going to do some construction, you know, we raise a million dollars for you. Could you hire a black general contractor, a black plumber, a black electrician, things like that? This is how we're able to circulate the dollar longer in our community. So within the 10K project, we have something called the expert directory. And anybody can put their information in whether you have an official business or not. You can be good at project management, graphic design. You could be a contractor. You could have your, you know, your shea butter in there. Um, you could be an attorney, an accountant, a business plan writer like me, you know, <laughs> anything that an entrepreneur needs. And our thought is, well, we call it Poweronomics 2.0, is because of the internet and this group that we're building, we're able to kind of fulfill um, Dr. Claude Anderson's vision of having this ecosystem working. So, yeah, so that is, you know, something else we would not have been able to do if we were under the thumb of the SEC. Right. Let's go. Cool. So tell us about the whole process, like the bet on black pitches mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How, how, okay. how do you find the entrepreneurs? How do you contact them? How do you bring them on? The bet on black mm-hmm. pitches. So Tawana does an excellent job. Shout out to Tawana, my co-founder, uh, does an excellent job of of uh, sourcing deals, that's what it's officially called, but of finding the black entrepreneurs. Uh, So she will look at the current crowdfunding campaigns and not all of them, in fact, a lot of them are not tagged black business owner, right? So she actually has to go through each of them, look at their team, you know, and and see if uh, it is a company that is black owned. We also now are getting referrals. Um, Some of the past entrepreneurs that have raised successfully are sending other entrepreneurs our way. Some of the portals, believe it or not, are sending people our way as well. Yes, 
people are finding out about us through stuff like this, where, you know, I'm talking to you and they say, Hey, you know, you know, I heard about you on tweet talk. Um, you know, I want to, I want to talk to you about, um, our business. Um, we're doing, starting to do a lot more education as well. Every other week we are hosting a live, um, how to raise $10,000 to $5 million for your business. It's a, a stream that we do. And we also invite people to Zoom to ask questions and things like that. So, um, and then in 2022, one of my big goals is to start doing speaking live in front of entrepreneurial audiences. Um, so we're going to do, uh, hopefully, we're still trying to get the date, but we're going to do... Um, a session with the National Business League, which is the oldest black business association out there. We have connections with some of the other, you know, black chambers of commerce and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's look, I will go to speak in churches, barber shops, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, on, you know, on any live stream that's out there, I tell people, I don't care if there's two people. You know, I will come to talk about the 10K project and the work that we're doing. That's and cool. I think it's just going to snowball. I I honestly believe, um, Raphael, that number one, we're going to get to a million members. It may take us five years, may take us 10 years. I don't know. But we're going to get there. Um, I want the 10K project to be as well known as Ebony Essence BET, where people are like, look, if you're going to raise capital as a black person, you've got to go to the 10K project. I want us to have a real ecosystem where we are united under an umbrella. And that's not saying that, you know, Tawana and I are perfect or anything like that. But if we're united, if we have the numbers and masses and the, the legal limit right now is $5 million that a company can raise, we start doing that three, four, five, six times our counterparts are going to start paying attention and then we'll have new problems to deal with. But, <laughs> you know, my first goal is let's get to that problem where they're paying attention. They're like, Oh, these people are serious. <laughs> they're serious here. Yeah. So tell us what's the bet on black pitch. Sure. So the bet on black pitch uh, occurs every Tuesday at 8 PM Eastern time. And um, what we do is we invite an entrepreneur to come and present their business to the community. So what typically happens is the entrepreneur spends about 15 to 30 minutes talking about their business. They will tell us how they got started, you know, their backstory, who uh, is the customer that they're serving, their business model, how they make money, their team. Uh, what their goals are, how much money they're raising, all sorts of stuff they will tell us about the business. Sometimes we get to see uh, videos. Last night, yes, it was last night. Last night, we had a woman come on that had before and after pictures because she has a physical product. Um, all sorts of stuff happens in the Bet on Black pitch. Uh, we had a gentleman a couple of weeks ago that is doing a black graphic novel. Uh, which was phenomenal. And he started telling us some of the story that he's pulling together. Um, but that's what happens in the bet on black pitch. So the first part is the entrepreneur presents. Then the community gets to ask that entrepreneur questions about their business. And we have some of the 
um, most astute, smartest people, or just people who ask just great questions. You don't have to be like some huge, you know, PhD or anything like that. But um, we will usually have somebody who's in the industry who will ask industry questions. And that's one of the things that you don't get outside of the 10K project or being able to listen or watch the replays of the the Bet on Black pitch is if you're not familiar with the industry, you may not know what questions to ask, but whether it's tech or last night we had a woman that has a dental uh, product or, um, you know, shoe manufacturer, graphic novelist. We always have somebody that knows about the industry and will ask the industry questions and then other people will ask other questions and we don't leave until all the questions are answered from our potential investors. Um, so that's it. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. If you're an entrepreneur, this is not gotcha time. It's not, you know, we, we don't berate anybody. This is a time for um, you to come and actually tell your story and, and hopefully setting, get support. In a relaxed setting too, it's not so, it's, it's not relaxed Yeah, and it's done virtually. So you can be in your home, you could be in your, um, we've had people do it in the office and home, <laughs> not any other place, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So, you know, people join in even sometimes from outside of the country, uh, but because they're interested in hearing, you know, what investments are happening and, and hopefully participating in them. Yeah. Like full disclosure, I'm a member of uh, the Black 10K project. And for a while I was not made it to the live, the live record, the live mm-hmm. um, pitches and, I wasn't even watching the replays, but then one day I saw the replay came through on the email. I said, ah, let me watch this one. And it happened to be in the Moan uh, Bondurant of mm-hmm. Caribbean waters. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this mm-hmm. idea is crazy. And I got him on a Zoom call before the end of the day. I got So to- one of the great things about the Better Black Pitch is you will be introduced to a lot of different industries a lot of different entrepreneurs. We've had male and female. We've had every age from the young to, you know, the more mature is what I'll say and everything in between all sorts of industries. And these entrepreneurs are easier to get to, number one, because they're raising capital. And number two, because they're really excited about their idea and they're excited about the community. You know, you can basically say to them, hey, I saw you on the 10K project and I want to talk with you or I have a few additional questions or, you know, I want to interview you. And they welcome that. Um, And that's what we want to do as well. We want to give the entrepreneurs as much exposure as possible so that they can meet their goals, because this is about our community being able to meet, you know, meet its goals. Funding goals and its economic goals overall. We, um, Raphael, I'm, I'm sure you know this. We need to double the amount of money that the Black community brings in every year in order for us to be on par with white America. Right now, we bring in about 1.5 trillion. We need to double mm-hmm. that to 3 trillion. The only way we're going to do that is by starting to fund our own companies, betting on ourselves, employing our own people helping our young people get jobs, get their first internships. You know, I'm very fortunate. I had privileges. I know not everybody does. But who's who's going to hire these young people? 
You know, um, artificial intelligence is going to cause about 4.5 million black people to lose their jobs in the next, they were saying 2030, and that was pre-COVID. All of this stuff has been accelerated. We, especially black men, are going to suffer the most from this. Who's going to hire all of these people? Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur chooses to be. So, you know, we, we've got to do something. Yeah, we got to do something. I, it, uh, me and my partner Charles on a podcast, we, we talk about it sometimes, like how sick we get of people saying, but not everybody wants to run a business or can run a business. Now, this might be true in a certain, in a certain aspect, but most of the time people are just saying that because they're like lazy minded. Mm-hmm. Right? They just... I can understand that. I think so. I will say this. Some people, and this is just my my opinion, some people are not necessarily great solopreneurs. Some people need mm-hmm. to be a part of a team. You know, they're not the visionary or anything like that. But if they're a part of the team, they're like a great support person that can come in and push that that um, business forward. And then some of our visionaries, quite honestly, cannot make it without the support staff behind them. So. Uh, Erica Williams, who I hope most people here are familiar with uh, on YouTube, she talks about this concept called super teams. And right. I really agree with that. I think if we're going to build $20 million businesses, $50 million businesses, $100 million businesses, billion dollar businesses plus, there's no way you can do it as a solopreneur. None. Mm. Okay. So, a lot of us, when we're starting our businesses, we want to be, you know, solopreneurs, right? Uh, yeah, I'm independent. I want to do it myself. I think that's that's a part of the problem, too, is we need to start really thinking about how do we start consolidating some of these and, and really start thinking in terms of let's bring five, six people together and tackle a billion-dollar problem, you know? So yeah. the other thing I will say is at the end of the day, everyone is – an entrepreneur of your own investment portfolio. So I will say that as well. I'm not saying, you know, just because you can't own a business doesn't mean you don't own real estate portfolio. Um, You can own, you know, if you're coming to the 10K project and you are investing and building a portfolio, that's your Mm -hmm. business as well. You know, if you're uh, in the stock market, that's your business as well. So I do want to let yeah everybody should be doing that absolutely right like you may not think you're in business but you're in business uh, yes in, no in that case yeah. you are yeah <laughs> and if you don't it the name of the game is ownership on some kind of level no matter if you're employee or entrepreneur or whatever you got to get own something on some level or else you you're left behind yeah absolutely. You know? So forget. So we gonna start wrapping this up. But let me ask you: You've been a, a professional business plan writer for ten years now. Mm-hmm. Plus. Hmm. Uh, plus <laughs> ten years. Oh, plus. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably been a, a twelve now, something like that. <laughs> right. So I like you to give like a couple quick tips. Not not too long. Mm-hmm. Some quick tips for aspiring entrepreneurs starting a business that they might be looking to scale. Like mm-hmm. you gave a talk to our group and you mm-hmm. talked about one one thing that really got me is when you're talking about when you're talking about the customer base. Don't try to say don't be all vague saying that it's a billion dollar industry and if you can only get like 
ten percent that would be good, but mm-hmm. give us a few tips like that. Yeah, sure. So um I will say this with regards to uh businesses and starting up and business plans, unless you are raising capital, you don't need the fifty page business plan. A lot of times one to mm-hmm. two pages will suffice. It'll be perfect. Um, the second is don't overcomplicate it. To get to, I would say, three to $500,000 a year in your business, um, is you, if you try to do too much, you'll never get there. So that's like point number two. Uh, the third thing, um, which I talked about in that session that I did, uh, which is something I learned from my attorney, is that there are lifestyle businesses and scalable businesses. A lifestyle business is somebody who wants to work eight to five, Monday through Friday. They want the weekends off. They want to take the kids to the you know, football and they they are just doing this. They, they don't want a lot of employees, you know, maybe one virtual assistant and that's it. And they, they chill it, right? right. Um, a scalable business is somebody who wants super profits, which means you need a lot of team members and there's a lot of growth. Both are okay. You can either start a lifestyle business or you can start a scalable business, but the business decisions that you make will differ based on which one you're trying to start. And I, every time I talk about that in front of a group, I give a presentation about that, people's eyes light up when I talk about that because they just never been presented that way to them. Um, the final thing that I will say is the parts of the business plan are number one is the market opportunity. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody, the market opportunity. So who are you selling to? What problem are you solving? You know, talk to us about the market. Don't try to beat all things to all people. Choose a true target market and a true problem that you're solving. Part two is your marketing plan. How do you intend to get and keep those customers? Part three is the business model. How does this business make money? Part four is your team. Who do you need on your team in order to be successful? Part five is your competition and your competitive advantages. So why are people gonna buy from you versus any other person that's out there? Part six, your financial forecast. So it could be a startup budget or it could be a one year you know, like we're going to make this amount of revenues, we're going to spend X amount of dollars, you know, for inventory and things like that. But you kind of want to know overall how much money you are making or should make over the next at least 12 months, if not three years. And then um, part seven is your exit plan. How are you going to get out of this business? Are you going to grow it in order to sell it? Are you going to go and be on the stock exchange one day? Or are you a lifestyle business and you're just going to make a whole bunch of cash and then, you know, spit some of that cash off into real estate and other types of investments that can feed you and give you cash flow. If you have those seven things on two pieces of paper and you read that every single day without fail for a year and you do your plan, you work your plan, I'm going to pretty much 100% guarantee there's no way that you are not going to be successful. Wow. Okay. Well, we thank you so much, Sheree. Please um, tell, let us everybody know all the places they can find you. Be sure to follow uh, Black 10K Project here on Facebook at, what is it? Black 10K, Black 10K Project. Project everywhere. On Instagrams. Did I say Facebook? 
You said Facebook, but it's it's Black 10K Project everywhere. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, even LinkedIn. And I might be getting TikTok. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be Black 10K Project there as well. Right. Definitely follow Black 10K Project on all the social media platforms, especially YouTube. That's mm-hmm. where you get. Yeah, YouTube is the best place. Yeah. I think yeah. YouTube is where you get the most from. You get to see uh, replays of certain things. Um, a lot of information. Very good to watch. You learn a lot. I highly recommend it. Join the group. Get part of the be part of the group. Get the education. See these um, stellar black business owners that are trying to raise money. Mm-hmm. Get educated, like I said, and like I said follow them. Follow Black Ten K Project. Join us. Join us. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you so much. I'm gonna thank everybody. Oh, don't be on TikTok doing fundraising dances. <laughs> oh my God, Tim, you're so funny. Um, so thank you so much to everybody for being here. I know that the greatest gift you can give us is your time. And we really appreciate you just listening to our story. Uh, again, the10kproject.com is our website where you can find all sorts of information about us. Black 10K Project is um, all social media and if you have questions, you know, we'd love to, to respond to you. And ultimately, we would love for you to become a member of the 10K Project. Yeah, come come join us. You won't regret it. And yes. really, you won't regret it. So I'm Raphael Husbands of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast for Birth of a Brand, uh, Episode 6 with the, the Black 10K Project. We thank you for joining us. Have a good thank night. Thank you. Bye-bye.